1: Pool play so far at the Rugby World Cup has thrown up plenty to think about and there will be more this weekend, especially with the clash between South Africa and Ireland, a potentially tournament-defining clash. The stronger Northern Hemisphere nations are mostly away without a hitch. England, in particular, started to put it together late on against Japan to remind everyone they can always lift for a World Cup. Andrew McKenna is a noted rugby commentator and pundit Uh, Based in the UK, he's seen a lot of these sides close up in the lead up to the tournament. Uh, Good evening to you, Andrew. Uh, Thanks uh, very much for your time. Has it lived up to its billing so far for you two weeks in?
0: That's a really good question. I think it has in a way, but probably not for what we expected. For me, the real joy of this tournament so far has been the smaller nations. I've loved watching Chile play, Portugal, Uruguay. Um, that, for me, has been the real joy of the whole thing. Obviously, Fiji have been absolutely sensational with that win over the Aussies. And of course, we kind of got a hint that that could be coming when they uh, beat England at Twickenham just a few weeks ago. So for me, although there's been some good performances by the bigger nations, it's actually been the smaller nations that, that have actually lit up this tournament so far.
1: Well, England have uh, been, I think, very impressive on the basis that two minutes into the World Cup, they got a ridiculous red card. uh, And for some reason, it might have even galvanised them in a weird sort of a way, uh, because that performance against Argentina was clinical with what the the resources they had left. uh, And then they were good enough against
0: Japan, you would think. Yeah. um, Argentina, there was, as you say, with the red card, it gave them a ready-made excuse to really simplify things. And basically, it, it barely got past George Ford uh, uh, number 10. Um, I'm not convinced, actually, that they weren't going to play that way anyway. Um, I've just had a little feeling. And certainly the way that they started against Japan, um, that there's there's evidence to suggest that that might well have been the case. They've been OK. Um, the, the Japan game was, was very much derided over here in terms of the fact that It was such low quality, but it sort of dawned on me afterwards that maybe the biggest problem that that game had was it had followed the Fiji Australia game. And everyone was Mm. on such a high from seeing such a brilliant performance by Fiji. Unless England played like Fiji and breaking news here, folks, they were never going to, it was always going to be a bit of a come down, wasn't it? So maybe, maybe they actually suffered in comparison to Fiji because they're not Fiji they're not they're not ever going to be Fiji and Steve Borthwick is saying in, in in his media stuff at the moment this is how we're playing so don't necessarily get overly excited about it because he's pointed out that when England won the Rugby World Cup in 2003 they didn't score that many tries you know Um, so um, yeah I'm afraid the rest of the world I mean they they got booed in the stadium on Saturday and did you see the tweet from Olivier Mann by the way the the legendary French back row who halfway through the game and I'm paraphrasing here but basically said my god England are boring how rubbish are they so um, they, they, they might be winning games but they're not winning many friends
1: yeah, well, they've, uh, they've taken two steps away to, uh, to uh, on the way to winning it. Uh, the, the Steve Borthwick, the very same Steve Borthwick, has a dilemma now. What to do with Owen
0: Farrell? It's a great question because 10, 12 weeks ago, I'm sure that Marcus Smith was going to be starting the game against Chile this weekend. Now, of course, he's had Owen Farrell sitting on his backside for the last month what does he do farrell probably needs a bit of a run out but is it marcus smith's fault that owen farrell got himself banned and therefore missed out i mean i've seen people today um ex-players suggesting actually it's not going particularly well for england at the moment there's not a lot of continuity and there doesn't seem to be much cohesion they could do a lot worse than stick with (laughs) uh, george ford so there's three genuine options very interestingly Clive Woodward said on Saturday evening after the game against Japan the one thing he absolutely mustn't do Steve Borthwick is put Ford and Farrell in the same team don't go one at 10 one at 12 make a decision and pick one or the other and there aren't many things in this world that I agree with with Sir Clive Woodward but I would be with him on that one make a decision play it for me i would start marcus smith if that was the plan all along let marcus smith have a go and then give owen farrell the last 35 minutes or so because let's be brutally honest if england are anything like what they should be if they are going to be genuine contenders at this tournament then they should be in a position that they can bring on owen farrell for that last 30 35 minutes
1: Two weeks into the comp, uh, Andrew, I just wonder, there was a lot of comment about um, the disparity between size of the draw, etc. Strong pulls, weak pulls, etc. Has that been evident in the way you've been thinking? I mean, what would Scotland be thinking when they've seen some of the results in some of the other uh, uh,
0: pools? Well, absolutely. Yeah, it's mentioned almost every single day because at the moment it looks like England and Wales will be the beneficiaries of this. So, you know, they could make it through Scotland. We highlighted this a few weeks ago. The fact that they had that first game against South Africa and then had, what is it, this 10 days or so to get their next game. They don't play till Sunday afternoon French time uh, when they take on Tonga so they've had an awful long time to sit around lick their wounds and, and sort of get themselves ready. Uh, look, they, they they had a tough pull, absolutely no doubt about it. But do you know what did did we did we give Fiji enough credit coming into this tournament um yeah. that actually they were going to beat Australia. You know, we thought they might, but maybe in the northern hemisphere we hadn't seen them close up enough until they went and beat england so maybe you know maybe that pool with you know with fiji in it just just changes things you know uh, uh, this this is i i would imagine world rugby's greatest ambition and what they want more than anything else is to have a world cup where we don't know who is going to come out of every single pool before we've Mm -hmm. even kicked a ball because let's be brutally honest about it we've not grown the game enough around the world it's been the same old teams year in year out so from 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 that point of view it's absolutely fantastic if we can get some drama and some tension and maybe just maybe one of the big hitters misses out again
1: You guys know Eddie Jones very well. He had a long stint uh, with the the (laughs) England side and left in um, interesting circumstances. Australia said, yay, we'll sack Dave Rennie. We've got this Eddie Jones. He's our man. He's our man going forward. He's won one out of six, I think, now. Um, What are you you guys thinking about Eddie Jones and this Australian performance? He's saying, look, I picked a young side. It's my fault. It's on me.
0: Well, it's the fascinating thing because one of the reasons that the the tide started to go against him with England was that he didn't change anything after Japan 2019. It was the same players in the same positions week in, week out. We were almost crying out for him to try a few things and not just give one player sort of 30 minutes here and then never see them again, actually give them a proper run. So there's a certain irony that he's getting castigated in Australia For doing what he's doing when actually we kind of wanted him to do that here but he didn't um i think there's a slightly different thing at play with with eddie jones in australia at the moment i mean when he when he did that press conference at the airport and he came out with that no we're going there to win this tournament we're not thinking about four years down the line Mm -hmm. he can't have possibly meant that but i think with 2025 on the horizon because the British and Irish Lions are touring Australia in 2025. I think that is genuinely what he's got his eye on. He knows that he's got to start the rebuilding process as quickly as possible to make sure that Australia are competitive in that series. So I think what he's done is he's kind of written off this tournament thinking to himself, look, I might get eight or 10 bonus games here in preparation ahead of the Lions. And I think that is what is at play here. Um, yes, there might be some some short-term pain, but Eddie knows which, which end of the rugby ball to hold. You know, he's not a complete idiot. He, he plays the media very, very well, whether you agree with what he does or whether you like the style of what he does. That is who he is. But I think that's what he's doing. I think he's trying some things out to try and get a few steps along the ladder before the Lions go to Australia in 25.
1: Yeah, it's interesting actually. I, I I wouldn't mind betting that at some stage during that Fiji clash, he wouldn't have minded having Michael Hooper. They got bashed up at the breakdown, something terrible. But however, uh, we'll move on to. You mentioned that you know the, the smaller nations uh, making this game, uh, uh, this tournament so far. But you you do have to have the big clashes, and we've got one this weekend. South Africa, Ireland, in particular, uh, that is in uh, Pool B, the strongest pool.
0: Uh, what do you make of the importance of this game? Oh, my God, it's going to be absolutely incredible, isn't it? It's not going to decide things, you know, there's not going to be medals handed out at the end of it. But if Ireland are to be perceived as genuine contenders, and when you're coming into a tournament as the world's number one side, you should be genuine contenders. They, they've they've got to make a statement here. And even if even if they lose, it's got to be a close loss. They cannot get blown out here um so this is going to be fascinating we're all going to be reading so much into this game the style of the game um all the little sort of tactical nuances as well you know how do ireland cope with south africa south africa and their 7-1 bench split i mean it's absolutely Mm. remarkable um whether you agree with it or not it's 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 allowed inside the rules i mean i personally think it's absolutely crazy, but I'm just thinking of that in terms of we're in the HIA era. You could lose a couple of players in the first five minutes, and how on earth do you rejig a backline if you've only got one back on the bench? So you know they obviously think it works, but it at the same time is fraught with danger. How how can Ireland try and cope with that and maybe even exploit it? Um this is going to be absolutely fascinating. Cannot wait for this one. It's a great time as well. Saturday night, 8 o'clock, perfect viewing for a European audience. You know, you'll, you'll have just finished up watching uh, England against Chile. You then get South Africa against Ireland. Settle in for the evening. It's going to be absolutely banging.
1: It's banging alright. Uh, the All Blacks not involved uh, this weekend at all. Uh, now that uh, you've seen them in the light of day, this particular All Black squad, uh, what is your uh, verdict on them uh, thus far? Mopping up Namibia 71-3 after losing to France 27-13.
0: Yeah, the France game was, was a bit of a, a an odd one. Um, opening games of the tournament can be, you know, they can be brilliant, they can be terrible. you got all the pressure on the home side. How do they deal with, you know, the opening ceremony and all of that? New Zealand have been okay so far, let's be honest. You know, they've, they've probably not been much more than okay. There's definitely more to come. But I don't think they're as bad as... Some people are being uh, are making out. There's there's too many good players. There's way too many good players to be uh, you know getting really panicky about New Zealand at the moment. Um. So I th- what they do need to do is when they get back in action against Italy, what a week on Friday. I think they kind of need a statement victory in that game. Mm. Um, go out there, really hit it hard. Obviously, no Ethan De Groot with the suspension, so they'll have to rethink that one but do you know what for me they're, they're maybe not top top step of, of the options at the moment but they're not a million miles away from from the second step and um, look there, there's so much tournament experience, trophies experience, knockout rugby experience the, the longer this tournament gets goes on I will be very very surprised if New Zealand don't improve as they go through this.
1: Uh, nice to hear. Absolutely uh, wonderful, uh, to be fair. We're not thinking that way on uh, mass down here at the moment, as you can understand. But uh, speaking of uh, what they're thinking, what are the French people thinking about their side? Are they saying they're, they're handling this occasion, this, this pressure of being the expected ones this time around?
0: Yes, an interesting one, isn't it? Because having had that opening game of the tournament win over New Zealand, they then followed it up with a pretty ordinary performance against Uruguay. But I think when you make so many changes, and I could see the logic of making so many changes, get everyone into a matchday squad, try and make them feel part of it. You know, you have, have everyone on the same page. They made a lot of changes. Now, it's been interesting um, in the fact that some of the teams, if we take England, for example, because their first two games were the two hardest pool games, they've basically put out their best team. We'll now see them rotate against Chile, and there'll probably be some tinkering as well with Samoa, depending what they need to do. So, I think France will, I think they'll probably revert to uh, something like um, let's say a strongish team against Namibia. Um, realistically, they're not going to need to be absolutely full at it, but they're down in Marseille and it's really interesting that, that France to plays so many of their games in Paris. It does appear that taking it on, taking it out on the road, going into different venues, places that they go to occasionally, but not huge amount of times. Marseille last weekend, absolutely rocks as a venue. So with the home side down there against Namibia, I mean, you'll, you'll probably be feeling the earth tremors down in New Zealand, Ian.
1: Uh, here. Uh, honestly, yeah, uh, w- we're so far away, but um, I- I'm just loving. I'm loving all the stories coming out of it. Uh, Andrew, just finally, could you at, at this point, uh, as I say, uh, early days? Would you would you like to uh, give us a top three then on what you've seen?
0: Oh, in terms of what we've seen so far, um, do you know what I'm going to say? Fiji, the best theme I've seen so far, because I've absolutely loved watching them. They played it in the right way and they've got some results. Um, You've got to be impressed with with France and Ireland. So I'm going to put them joint second. And you know what? I'm going to go back to one of the smaller nations for uh, for my third pick as well, because Uruguay, um, it was just one of the most joyful things I've seen in an awful long time. So... Maybe maybe I'm, I'm rooting for an upset, this tournament. That's the only thing I can assume so far. So Fiji, absolutely the stories of the tournament. But do you know what? Portugal, Uruguay, um, Chile, absolutely sensational. More of the same, please, gentlemen.
1: And more of the same from you uh, at some stage in the future for us, uh, Andrew McKenna, beautifully summed up. Um, we well, Thank you very much for staying up a bit later tonight. And uh, all the very best. We look forward to the clashes this weekend. Thank you.
0: Not a problem at all in any time. Cheers, Andrew McKenna there out of uh, the UK.